0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of A Vision for You. My name is Leah, and I'm your moderator. Today is Sunday, April 26, 2015. The share ID for Friday, April twenty-fourth, is 7501. That's 7501. This morning, A Vision for You presents, what's thinking got to do with it? The big book teaches that to get over drinking will require a transformation of thought and attitude. The 12 steps, as outlined in the big book, represent a process resulting in a spiritual awakening, a psychic change sufficient to bring about recovery. We submit to a simple process that is not easy, yet takes us to a place we've never been a spiritual way of life, a way of deep and lasting personal transformation. The results are disproportionate to our efforts, yet our efforts are required to sustain and enlarge it. Our psychic change is a gift that instills in us a new perspective, a new vision. We have changed in the way we think. We have changed in the way we feel. And we have changed in the way we behave. Joining us this morning is Haya P., Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Denver, Colorado. She is dedicated to living the 12 steps every day, one day at a time. She is also dedicated to helping others understand how these 12 steps work and how they change lives. And welcome, Haya P. Thank you so much, Lea. Can you hear me okay? Yes. yes. Okay, wonderful.
1: <laughs> it's so hysterical. I'm sitting in my car because every room in my house is being utilized. I thought I would be able to be in my basement area, except I've got, I don't know, five, six, or seven, which sounds like five, six, or seven 12-year-old girls in my house. They are very loud. They're asleep now, thank God. So anyway, I'm sitting in my car in my beautiful driveway of Denver, Colorado, and, um, you know, I can uh, think nothing more of what a great way to start the day than to be on the phone with all of you. And um, I want to welcome anyone who's new. Sometimes we have new people on the Sunday morning meeting, and um, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time talking about what it was like for me. Um... I'll just say that I, I, um, because I really want to talk about the topic, and I want to thank Leah for asking me to speak today. Um, I just want to find my watch. i have it here. Let me keep track on time. Hang on one second. <clears throat> there we go. All right. All right. I'll have an idea of how long I'm going here. Um. So just just suffice to say, I mean, I can remember going to food as a very, very, very young child. And, um, you know, I remember being fed um, to soothe me. I remember when my father died, I was a baby. And I have this memory of being fed. Um, I mean, I was really a baby. I was like six months old. So, you know, in my early years, one, two, three um, you know, that's the some of the memory that I have there. And um anyway I just really struggled with um weight and you know, you're so pretty if you had you know, you such a pretty face, if you would just lose weight and I was put on diets and I learned all the tricks of you know, making the results look okay by not eating the day I was going to get weighed and I'm talking, I went on diet, you know, my first diet was in the fourth grade and I struggled, um, a lot <clears throat> with my weight. And, and then as I became a teenager, it became, you know, um, about my body and wanted to look good. And, um, and then I got into bulimia and, um, that was really difficult, um, what I understand now is what was difficult was living, and actually the bulimia, the eating, and the that was actually the solution. This I've come to understand um, is that that's what I I was you know I, that's what I thought at some level could help me in the moment, um, and thank God I found. Readers Anonymous 28 years ago. I'm 48. I found it actually 30 years ago, I think. I feel, I feel like I was 18 or 19, but I just turned 48. So, um, yeah, it was definitely more than 28 years ago. It was 30 years ago, 29 years ago, somewhere around there at a very young age. Was not what I was looking for, I'll tell you that much, um, but I saw something, and um. So you're listening to somebody who's been, you know, um, on this track for a long time, and um, you know, I what I when I was thinking about today and what I wanted to share today, even though I usually have no idea what's going to come out of my mouth, so I'm just trying to um, kind of pay attention to the feeling and see what feels like is right. Um, when Leah asked me to speak, and she said, "You know, what would you like to speak about?" My my immediate thoughts came to, you know, um, this change of thinking, and that's something that I was pointed to very early on. Um, I remember, you know, twenty something years ago. Well, it must have been twenty eight years ago. I was um, living in Los Angeles, and I was. My sponsor actually also um, got sober um, right around the time that I started to um, pay attention to the 12 step and, and OA. I was living in Portland, Oregon, and what I remember was women in the OA meeting saying that they were also alcoholic. And something about that made sense to me because I was in college and I could drink socially, um, the way I really wanted to eat privately. Couldn't really eat in public the way I really wanted to. Um, or felt compelled to, I should say that. But it was really acceptable to drink with everybody. And um, and I usually got... Um, I remember saying to somebody, I know my limit, meaning I know that point where I could drink and still be in control of my senses and actions and pass that. And I said, and I go past it. Like there was, I wanted that feeling. I, I was, and now I understand why. I really was, I was doing the best I can, but I was at that time, which everybody is at every moment. And that's what I'm, my understanding. And again, this is all my experience. I'm just sharing my experience with the, what the program really, what the big book um, has led me to. So I also got sober, which I'm really grateful for because it gave me a certain foundation in AA which is um which was I think um really was a was really a gift cuz I got this um real foundation in what it is that we're trying to be pointing towards. So I remember my first sponsor, well my very first sponsor um in Portland, Oregon would leave phone messages on my machine my, we had machine, you know, real, real answering machines then, no cell phones, and she would say, "Hiya, this is Jana. Slow down, you know," because I was like, I was really sped up, um, trying, uh, trying to feel better. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the steps of um, the meeting one one day in August. I had told my family I wasn't coming home <clears throat> I was gonna stay in Oregon after college and they were not very happy. And I and I um I remember sitting in August and I remember thinking I remember sitting with this woman, her name was Anna, and I remember saying to her, What am I gonna do? I have to go home for the Jewish holidays and it's gonna be crazy there and I'm gonna just I'm gonna eat and I'm gonna blah, blah, blah. and she looked at me and she like put her hands on me and she said, Hiya It's August 4th. It's not the middle of September. Where are you right now? And there was something I've never forgotten that, and I've tried to experience that feeling um, again. And I've had moments of that where where I was where I was at that moment, and I want to speak more about that today. But then I moved to California, and I was, and my sponsor there, I remember, gave me the 20 questions that they give people in Alcoholics Anonymous. And the questions, you know, there's 20 questions. Just, and we have them in OA as well. I don't have them in front of me. But the questions are something like this. This is what I remember. Do you have problems in relationships due to drinking? Do you have problems on the job due to drinking? Do you have trouble sleeping well? Due to drinking, like there were, there were these were the questions. Do you have trouble not drinking when you don't want to? Do you have trouble stopping once you start? So, just you have trouble stopping drinking once you start drinking, right? So these are all the questions, and they have to do with drinking. And so she said to me, "I'm not so interested in your drinking." She said, "Cross out the word drink." Cross out the the, the D-R in every sentence and put the word T-H in place of it. Do you lose sleep due to thinking? Do you have problems with your relationships due to thinking? And actually, I think it was your thinking, your drinking, right? Do you have problems due to relationships due to your drinking? So do you have problems in relationships due to your thinking? Do you have problems in relationships? Do you have problems on the job due to your thinking? you have trouble sleeping due to your thinking? And that was really eye-opening for me. And I really believe that is what the big book is pointing us towards. Because if you look carefully, they don't really talk about alcohol after the third step. It's really about our thinking. And it says we have to have a psychic change. What does that really mean, a psychic change? The way that I think, the way that I see the world. The fourth step, when we get to that fourth column, right, the, the bridge to the fourth column, which is where it says we turn back the list. We're going to look at it from a completely different angle, right? We, we, started to, we saw the world really dominated us. Why did it dominate us? Because of my thinking. That's why it was dominating me, because of my thinking. In fact, the the, the the inventory process is not very interested in those first three columns once you get done with them, because it's really not about that. That was an illusion. That was how I saw the world based on my vantage point, based on the thinking, the best that I could do at that moment. So I kind of want to speak to that today because I've I've had some experiences and recently in the last half a year, um, I've had some really I would say in the last several months started I started to see some new things, um, that I believe is really a result of the 11th step, which is this continuing our relationship with God. And so I was looking in. Step eleven, and I have to say, you know, I used to get really twisted when I would hear, you know, a special edition meeting, and I would hear a speaker, you know, long term that, you know, Leia selected Leia and her, you know, the the ladies and men and like whatever the the whatever the, vi- the visionaries who picked the people to speak, and and I would get all twisted up inside when they would say something that maybe was. Outside of the scope of what the big book says, or in disagreement with us with one with an area of the big book, and it used to get me all twisted up and said like How could you do that? this is big book, you know blah 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 blah, you have to believe everything blah, blah blah and um but i've I've had some of those experiences um and when I looked at and and at first it was like. It was scary to me and it was confusing to me and I was thinking, well, wait a second, it must be wrong if I have this different thought than maybe what the big book is saying. And then I read in a vision for you where it says, Our book is meant to be suggestive. We only we know only a little. God will constantly re- reveal more to you and to us. And so I was able to reconcile that. That that's the point as I understand it. And again, I can only share with you um from my perspective, because that's really as human beings, you know, um, you know, I, I can, I see through the lens of my own thinking. However, um, there's a bigger thinker. <laughs> there's the big thinker, the capital T. You know, we're all the little thinkers, um, but there's a big thinker. And that's what Bill Wilson experienced when he had that, spiritual experience, and that's what I believe the big book is pointing us towards and it's not like I believe it I mean it says it in the book you know it says in the personal stories says um where it? oh it says in the in the um in one of the forewords, or the yeah, I think in the forward to the first edition um or the forward to the second edition, I can't think of it. it's really early here it's only six thirty in the morning um you know, it tells us that they're going to tell. They're going to give us stories, right? After the after, they're going to give us stories. Here it is. Hang on, let me see if I can find it because it's nice hearing it straight from the book. Um, and it says, um. Leah, if you can find the page for me, so you know what, I can't find it where it says. So then we we have personal stories where each person will tell you how they had their relationship with God. Um, I don't know. I can't find it. Okay. I guess it's not
2: meant to be at the moment.
1: So um, anyway, it tells us that, that's really what they're trying to do here is point us toward this power greater than ourselves. That's the point. Right? It says many times along the book. The point is we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. Right? That's that's the point. I remember I had a, a friend in program, her name was Tracy and she'd go, Haya, it says the point is we're willing to grow along spiritual lines. That's the point. So what does that mean to grow along spiritual lines? It means to have a new way of thinking. It means to be thinking about the big T, the big thinker, as opposed to me, Haya, the little thinker. And by Clearing out the the wreckage of my past, so the, the, the behaviors that I demonstrated in my past, and sometimes today, still because I'm human, are always a result of actions, right? Those actions were always a result of how I was feeling in the moment based on how I was thinking in the moment. Right? So if I'm thinking that you did me wrong, that makes me feel very angry and feel self justified and feel resentful, right? Even though whatever you did or think you did was already happened, so it's gone and done. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm letting that just simmer in my head, in my brain. And that, that clogs me up from any new thoughts that can come in that clogs me up from the divine wisdom whatever you want to call it you know we don't we in a you know in a and oa and the 12 we don't we don't put a name on it although they call it god um you can call it good orderly direction you know you can call it whatever you want um but there is you know we agree that there is some power greater than ourselves. whatever it is that's Fueling the breath I take every day. That's fueling that that made it rain this morning, but made it sunny yesterday. You know that that energy that whatever it is, I call it God. I and let to tell you, I now how I did not. That was like creepy to me when I came to the program that people talked about God. I thought it was
3: weird. I grew
1: up very. Um, I just didn't have God in my house. It wasn't a a word that we that we really talked about. Um, I grew up very just very um, culturally in my religion as opposed to um, spiritually. And um, and so it was very weird for me when they talked about God. I ran out of the room, actually, at first. But I did see something. There was something there that I couldn't put my finger on. And they talked about this God empowering yourself. So I just, I pointed myself in that direction. And, um, and I believe that's what the 12 steps is trying to do is to point us in this direction and make, make me a vessel, make me able to tap into that capital T, big thinker, where new thoughts come in, where new ideas come in, where, where the idea that Bill Wilson had to call the churches and ask if they knew any drunks that he can help as opposed to walk into the bar and either sit there and drink a ginger ale or or even pick up some alcohol, right? That he it said it actually I was reading Bill's story last night, I was reviewing it and um and it says in his story, um, which I thought was so fascinating. You know, every time I read it I see something
2: else.
1: Um and it said, um I should have made little markers in my book, but I can't tell the markers anymore because there's so much writing on here. But it says he he has something, his thought changed. A new he Oh, his sanity returned. What is sanity? One of the earliest things I was asked to do is just look up the word sanity. Soundness of mind. Soundness of mind. Sound mind. It means I'm thinking properly. That I'm thinking more on the plane of inspiration as opposed to this personal thinking that I have I was thinking more in a bigger space so the the 12th so the the you know so the the first you know the 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 first step that tells me you know like you know clearly you got a problem here because when you whenever you pick it up you kind of keep going Now, I really do think that when I pick it up, um, I know I'm going to keep going. I'm trying to feel better. And the book tells us this, right? It says in the doctor's opinion, sorry for anyone who's in their big book and following along with me, we're jumping all over the book. Um, But it says here, men and women, on the bottom of XXVIII, men and women eat, it says drink, but we could say eat because this is O-A- eat essentially because they like the effect produced by it. The sensation is so elusive that while they admit it is injurious, they cannot after a time differentiate between the true from the false. To them their food addict life, compulsive eating life seems the only normal one. They're restless, irritable and discontented. Okay? Restless, irritable and discontented is 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 Personal thinking, all jumbled up in my head, <laughs> as I understand it. It's
3: it's 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 that personal stuff.
1: Me, I, right? The I, I, I. He did this to me, or I deserve this, or I'm afraid of this, or why is God doing this to me? Right? Um, unless it can again experience the sense of ease and comfort by which which comes at once by taking a few drinks at once. So at once it happens. It doesn't happen only once it affects my system and the craving continues. At once that comes. Things, drink Eating and eating food that they see other people can do with, with impunity, right? And then they just come to the desire, and then they're in a spree, and then then they want to stop, because why do they want to stop? They get some sanity back. That's cash. that This is my experience, right? That you know, I heard such a great thing, which is, you know, if you want to know why anybody ever does anything, there's one reason why any person does anything they do, and that is because it seems like a good idea at the time. And then maybe it wasn't such a good idea, right? Maybe it wasn't such a good idea. Uh, you know, it, I just thought I would have a little, you know, or I figured I'll start tomorrow, or I just couldn't cope with that situation without eating this. I needed it. Whatever it was, it seemed like a good idea at the time, right? And then when they look back on it, what do they say? What do I say? Right? Here's, the, here's the, always the answer. And and don't believe me. Like, think about it for yourself. What was I thinking? What was I thinking when I, you know, when I picked that up? What was I thinking when I was hanging out with that group of people? What was I thinking when I talked to my husband that way? What was I thinking? Usually my thinking was, and what the, what the four steps tries to show us, is my thinking was really off base. And... So that process of so that step one is like okay so like don't start you know like because once you start it's gonna and and what it teaches me is and it and the big book talks about this is our real problem is in our mind right like Elara always gives the example of her kids who are allergic to fish you know like they don't need tuna anonymous to not eat fish they just know they can't eat fish because if they eat fish it's gonna be like like, they'll go, what was I thinking, you know? <laughs> because they know what's going to happen if they eat fish. So they'll need an, a, a program to get them to not have that. So clearly, it's not the physical problem that's the problem. If you have a physical allergy or something, they just don't have it. There are many people I know that, you know, once they eat sugar, they know that they're going to want more. So they just either have little or they just stop.
3: Like, they, or they just don't have it at all. It's not
1: like so. So what's the problem, really? The problem is, and the big book tells us this. this isn't me. This is the the book. It says so. Our problem is mainly in our minds, right? That's the problem. The
3: problem is in our minds. And um, why would I even go back if I know? Well,
1: it seems like a good Seems like a good idea at the time, really, based on my thinking. And that's why the, the second step says, there's a bigger thinker. There's a bigger picture. There's a power greater than me that can restore me to sanity, that can help me to think in a different way, that can have me, that psychic change. And we're going to point you toward that. That's the whole point. The point is to grow along spiritual lines. So the third step says, Point yourself in that direction. Say, I want more of this. And, you know, ask anyone. I mean, many of you on the line, there might be, I have no idea who I'm speaking to. So, and who I will be speaking to as this will be archived and people can access it. So, you know, I'm imagining there's some old timers who, you know, have been around a long time and are free from, you know, the obsession of going back and they, they, you know, And then there's a lot of old-timers. I get calls. I would say at least I'll be on the very generous side and say once a week. Okay, I'll be on the very conservative side, I should say, once a week of people who have been in program for years and years and are still struggling with some facet of either food or they've transferred to some other um, addiction, which I believe is really the same addiction. It's the same thing we're trying to do, which is feel better in the moment. Um you know, and then there might be people who are brand new, and there might be people who are just in the midst of the steps, and so wherever you are, you know, um, you know, hopefully you'll be able to identify it, whatever place you can. Um, so step three says, you know, like whatever you see, if you see something, like if you can see that there is a power, give it over, because why? Because your thinking right? It, it describes it, right? It describes it in how it works. It describes our thinking and why it makes sense um, why it makes sense to maybe point ourselves, right? Um, right? It says, you know, we've come to some ideas, right? They've made some clear that we're, I can't manage my own life based on the way I'm thinking, like it's just not working. That's, that's A. Um, B, that probably nobody else is going to be able to do this for me. Why? Because you're all just human people too (laughs) that have your own way of seeing things and then see that this power, God, could and would if he were sought, if he were looked towards, if he were sought. If you seek after God or power or this big capital T, thinker, or wisdom or creative intelligence, spirit of the universe, whatever, all those different things that Bill uses, as a, as a way of describing the, undescri- the indescribable. I don't know any grammar experts out there. The indescribable, what we can't describe. It's impossible to describe something that doesn't have a form. You know, it comes into form through my thoughts. That's how I experienced it. So it tells me I'm at step three, and I'm going to point myself. And then it says the first requirement is that I'm convinced that life run on self-will, self-thought, is not going to be successful because why? Because I'm only dealing with what I already know, <laughs> right? Self, like, it's already what I know. There's no new thinking coming in. If I'm basing it on self-will, it's my best, my best thing, my thinking. How is my thinking going to get me out of thinking? My personal thinking. So it it convinces me, you know, I'm trying to live, and I'm living through my own lens. So why do I want the show Why am I trying to arrange the lights and the scenery and the ballet? Because it looks to me like this is how it should be based on the way I think. It's not wrong how I think. It's just that this is how I've been thinking, whether it's learned thinking, patterns of thinking, habits of thinking, what I was taught. It doesn't matter. This, This is the way I think right now. And so this is how I see the world. And the book is telling me it probably isn't working out so well right if it landed me up here because what even when my motives are good I'm you know so many people like I was I'm trying my best and yet what what and I can go on if I had the time on on I can give you examples of where and maybe it's helpful to give examples but like you know let's just talk about the example of wanting someone else to have this program right but don't you see there you, there's heart here and if you would only do this and it would be so beneficial to you. But the problem is I'm seeing it through my lens, not through their lens. I can't see it through their lens. I can only try to imagine what it might be to be coming from their place. And how do I how do I do that? Is by listening to them. They'll tell me what they're thinking. Right, then I can get a better understand. That's why the fifth step is really all about listening. So you can listen. And getting to know somebody, the Big Book talks about you know the way the Big Book talks about working with others is very different than the way people work with others. Very often, because we're trying to like jam it to people and like give it to them, and the Big Book is telling us like all you could do is point people towards this and let them see for themselves. Everyone gets to have their own spiritual awakening. I can't, I, I can't give you. Let me see how I want to say this. You can't have my spiritual awakening. I'd love to give it to you, but it doesn't mean anything to you. It's it's gotta be yours. And you and I couldn't force that awakening. Now Bill Wilson had an experience, which is very interesting. And I and and then it and then we develop more and more. And that's what the eleventh step does. So just going back step 3 is giving me these reasons, right? I want this for you. I want this for you. That's that's a good motive. I want this for my children. Oh my gosh, right? I'm a mother of five kids. Like, wow. And this new understanding that I that I have has really freed me up because um the new understanding I have, which I always like wanted to understand but I couldn't but I didn't really have the level of understanding is Really, 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 really trusting that just like I am connected to that source, that it's deep down within me, it's deep down within you too. And that you have an inner, you know, GPS, so to speak, that will guide you. And that has just given me so much freedom. It gave me freedom you know, it gives me freedom in working with others, it gives me freedom in my in my coaching practice, it gives me freedom with my children, it gives me freedom with my husband. Because, yeah, I want to arrange the lights and the scenery because even my motives are good. But here's the thing you're seeing a totally different ballet than me. And they're seeing a totally different ballet. And guess what? They have a different different they're going to have different experiences than me because they're a different human being. They they think just like I do. They have that power source just like I do, um, but they're coming from their their position. So, um, and what does it tell us? It it tells us, you know, um, it says, you know, aren't I just a victim of? The delusion that I can rest satisfaction and happiness if everybody would just do as I wished, right? First of all, everyone's not going to do as I wish, so that's a delusion. And then the other delusion is if everybody did as I wish, I'd be happy, right? Except that doesn't work because I've had people do things that I wanted and I wasn't necessarily happy. Or guess what? They did what I want, but then the next thing comes on. The next thing rolls through my brain. The next day, the next event right life is a is a contact sport, full contact you know it's gonna keep going it's gonna go up and down ups and downs. you know the twelve and twelve talks about the ups and downs that people go through in life and that people have been able to um stay connected even through those you know what that's life life is ups and downs, but I can go through those ups and downs connected to that source um and that, and that's a lot. And I have gone through ups and downs, and been able to go through it in a very different way than than ever before. Certainly, not having a, to to um, you know binge or purge or <clears throat> do things like that. So, and then it gives us some action to do, and it's telling us, it's giving us now. There's a lot of interesting history. Um, what what's actually in the book is not exactly what actually Bill and Bob necessarily did. Um, so, like, I've also been able to become unattached to um, specifically doing it exactly how it says, because what it's trying to do is give us—it's giving us a—it's giving us here just something a, a specific way to do it, so that because people like to be told what to do, right? Um, and also, this way, it gives us some kind of format to produce or to to help produce what it's trying to produce, which is to clear out that. Stuffed up pipe that's not allowing this this wisdom from the, the power greater than myself to flow through me. Although it definitely flows through at different at, at some level, right? That somebody would even point themselves in this direction. That, that somebody would even want and see something here um, beyond you know a weight loss. Because um, this is like way beyond. This is like so beyond weight loss. I mean, let me tell you, I. I had I'm just looking at my time. Okay, fine. So well, let me just say this and then so the so the four so the, the action steps are basically saying we want you to see that the way you were thinking is not actually true. That's the whole point. It's saying that your resentments are really just thinking about the past that's already gone. So it's like you're using your current thinking moment to um crowd your brain with thoughts of something that already happened. So now my current state of thinking is based on old stuff, right? Which, like, and then fear is my current state of thinking is based on stuff that hasn't even happened yet, right? So now, um, so you see, like, you can't even possibly get new ideas and get this flow of, can't connect to that source in that space because it's all, like, filled with either what's already happened or what might happen, you know, Or I'm guilty about harms I've caused others. So that's like also crowding. That's like I'm not a human being and what do I do. And da, 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 da. and so this process allows us to get some of the, that stuff out. Some people write it. Some people just speak it. There's lots of discussion. There's lots of history in AA and in the originals of how it was done. And then you share with another person, and God, because what does that do? That makes me realize I'm not the only could – it, could it possibly be that Haya Parkoff is the only person in the world ever to have experienced this kind of thinking? No. So when we get in the room with another person, it's not so that they can tell me what to do or clear it up for me or straighten me out. How how helpful is it when someone tries to straighten you out? How receptive are you, <laughs> really, you know? Um But instead, to be able to go, yeah, I get it, you know, and then to find out, like, it's just a human condition to have some of these thoughts, especially if we don't know that there's another way or that my thoughts are not real. It's It's just what I'm experiencing in the moment based on what I've got in my brain and that it passes. That's been the most freeing thing. And that's what step eleven teaches us. So we go through this process to just free us up, to be like, Wow, I'm not oh wow, well, and look at this, you know, the, the the character defects of my character it means like the part of my humanness that doesn't work so well for me. That I don't wanna nurture. I don't wanna nurture self justification. I don't wanna nurture manipulation. I don't wanna nurture Um, resentment, I don't want to nurture judgmentalness, I don't want to nurture that, I don't want to point myself toward that I want to point myself toward the the other stuff, the good stuff, the stuff that feels good, the stuff that does good, the stuff that connects well with other people that's what I want to point towards and that's what what it's showing us in the the defects of character, saying God, take all of me because that's what I am, I'm a human right, says take all of me, the good and the bad Step seven, right now I I can tell you I don't know about anybody here but like I I still will have a thought come through my head that's judgmental I know it because of the way it feels that's my barometer or anxiousness or judgmentalness or uh, anger or self righteousness that that all will come through me but I don't I don't want to nurture that so I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it now. I understand that in this very next moment, a new idea is going to come in, and that's so four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. Hey, if I've hurt somebody, you know what? It probably should repair it because then it doesn't have to swirl around in my head anymore, and it's the right thing to do. If you hurt somebody, help. You know, harm. You know, if you harm someone, fix it. Now, if I harm them in my head, I didn't harm them because it's not real. Right, but if I actually did something that was harmful, fix it if I can, and if I can't, learn from it, right, what's the lesson maybe that I can learn and have some compassion and that's the, that that's what the step that's what that those action steps did, and then it says in step ten, like continue to do this now, personally speaking, I will tell you that and kind of bringing us up to date i I really felt. So, like I was on a hamster wheel. Like if I just keep doing this, I gotta keep doing this. I gotta keep, uh, you know, I gotta keep doing this. This that you know, and, and we have a lot. If you don't do this, you're gonna go back and eat. And and so I've been on this, you know, this this pursuit of personal growth all these years, and with all good intentions, quite frankly. And um and um, what I realized for me, and I remember, it's so interesting because I. I remember years ago, must have been I was still in my old house. So it must have been like 14, 13 years. No, my around the time my my son was born, so she's going to be 10. So maybe like 9 years ago. I remember that my sponsor at the time and I was
4: telling, you know, I was
1: saying giving her like this major evening review that I was doing, you know, and she was like, "Oh my god, who would want to like, you know, spend time in in like So I realized I kind of got the evening review wrong and the step 10 kind of like I I don't, I'll be honest with you, I don't now, whereas I used to, like, okay, if I had a judgmental thought, oh, my God, I got to call somebody, I got to talk about it, I got to ask Dr. you're it and talk about it, and then, and now what I realize, it's just a thought in the moment, it's not real, and I, and I point myself toward the next thought, you know, realizing, oh, wow, that's interesting, that, oh, wow, I guess I'm, I guess I'm my thinking is a little off. See, if I'm being judgmental, if I'm, if I'm angry, if I'm, and like it's just tell it's just telling me that my thinking is not on the plane of inspiration. Why do I know that? Because step eleven tells me. Hang on, this so I can find easily. Right. So it tells us. Um, right. So we set any. You know, we set any. right, any new mistakes. Um, I entered the world of the spirit, and my next function is to grow in understanding and effectiveness. This is not an overnight matter. It's going to continue for a lifetime. So continue to watch for selfishness, dishonesty, resentment, and fear. And when they crop up, you know, let it go, essentially, is what it's telling me. Now, what I do is I, I started to realize that if, I, if I'm looking for that, I'm gonna find it all day long. In fact, I'm gonna create it all day long if I'm looking. So I actually started looking for the I started looking more towards the good feelings and the connectedness and the 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 joy for someone else, the happiness for other people's good. It's it's allowed me to stay in the moment. It's allowed. I, I was trying to be in the moment, and I realized by trying to be in the moment, I wasn't actually in the moment because you can only be in the moment when you're in the moment. <laughs> so, um, and why, you know, why turn my thoughts to someone else? I can help because that gets me out of my own personal thinking when I'm when I'm thinking about somebody else, right? And then it describes these promises, which I will tell you that I now have experienced in real time, in and 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 constantly, right? I'm not fighting. And some of you that know me personally know, like I've struggled with, like, do I weigh all my food? Do I not weigh all my food? You know, like I don't eat. There's certain things I just don't eat them. I haven't eaten them for years. But like, and I've had some food allergies, and like, should I have? Like a lot of thought around, um, around what's right and what's wrong. And then, what I started to notice what was so interesting for me, and this is this is like this is where this eleventh step has really like rocketed me into a whole new place, and I hope I continue to be rocketed into the next place as you know until you know until for hundred and twenty years, as long as you know God willing, I'll live until hundred and twenty is um <clears throat> so an interesting thing is I moved to Colorado a year and a half ago, I started running. A few years ago, maybe three years ago, started jogging. Love it, love it, love it. And um, suddenly, and I really mean suddenly, without any change, around the time I moved to Colorado, I just remember it was around that time. Um, suddenly, literally, suddenly, I've been maintaining a weight for years and years and years. Looked great. Or, you know just like really healthy. Suddenly, out of nowhere, simultaneously, and guys, you can hold your ears for a second if you want to, but simultaneously, I lost about 10 pounds. My weight dropped suddenly, and I also was, like, thrown into menopause, and, uh, or perimenopause, whatever it's called, where I, I wasn't getting my, my cycle. I got it once in a year and a half. And um, so, like, I lost all this weight, and, like, and then I got, like, really used to being really thin. And I really enjoyed being really, really thin. Um, And I got really attached to being thin. I didn't realize this, okay? But just as suddenly as I lost that 10 pounds and I went into that menopause phase, three months ago I suddenly gained 10 pounds and started cycling again on a very regular basis. And um, what was interesting is I had kind of put a prayer out there to God, and I was like, God, you know what? If you need me to gain weight to get, like, a little more sanity in my head about, you know, because I noticed, like, I was afraid I might gain weight. And um, I just noticed I had a lot of personal thinking around my body. And um, my food was down, but I had a lot of personal thinking about my body. And um, and then suddenly, suddenly, really suddenly, and it freaked me out and I got really scared but I started to notice wow I have and actually a friend of mine in the program was like happy I gained the 10 pounds because she thought I was too thin she's like my god you were like too thin um I didn't look like emaciated but I was like very very thin and um I started to realize when I started to gain this understanding about, like, what's going on in my head is taking up space. And here's the other thing. I don't know about any of you, but, like, I can't force the thought out of my head, okay? I I see a lot of people trying to do that, and I've tried. But, like, you know when I can get a thought out of my head? When I'm in a really good place. It's easy to get a thought out of my head. I could try to distract myself with a gratitude list and things like that. And you know what? There are times where that works. But there are times where it doesn't. Why? Because I'm so crowded in my head that I can't. I'm not in that good space. So it's easy when it's easy. It's a little bit easy when it's a little bit easy. And it's really hard when it's really hard. So there's something else going on between besides me doing it, me pushing it out of my head. You know, I have a friend in the program who would say, just go wash your car. Like, just go out and wash your car. Apparently, Charlie used to tell her that. She was sponsored by, Joe, by Charlie. And... um. What does that mean? I didn't have to go physically wash my car. I meant, like, just go point yourself towards something else so that your your head can free up a little bit so that a new thought can pop in so you won't feel the way you're feeling. So I started to realize, oh, my God, I have so much thought. And I started to, like, notice it. And, um, and I realized I was really attached to it. And um, once I started to notice it for what it is, it started to loosen its grip. Once I started to notice that it was not helpful thought and it wasn't even true, I started to notice there were a lot of people that were in larger body sizes than me that were like really happy and that this is really not about weight loss, this program. This is really about peace of mind inside and that that's going to come in all shapes and sizes. And naturally, people are going to, when they know better, when they feel better, they do better. And um, I started to get so much peace around my body, so much less concern around my food and when it was time for me to eat my food or was there going to be my food available. Um, like, Like this is, I wasn't, I never expected this. But this is what's happened to me as a result. I believe of step eleven, so st- so I've experienced these promises. So this feeling of neutrality. I have to tell you, I'm like neutral, neutral. I feel safe and protected. I haven't sworn off. It's really, it's not a problem. It's really not a problem. The problem has been removed, removed. It's not like as long as I weigh and I measure my food, I won't have a problem. It's not even that. It's like I don't have a problem. So, I know things that are not good for me and I don't go to those and I can't even like I'm trying to explain it and I can't even. I want to wrap up by sharing um
3: So, it says here we're on a
1: spiritual program of action. What is fit spiritual condition? What's spiritual? Spiritual is connecting with that part of me that's connected to god right that we all have that whatever's keeping us breathing whatever's keeping us moving whatever's keeping us thinking is connected to that and it's asking me to so you know what i like to think now is like we're not cured of alcoholism I'm not cured of humanism. I'm not cured of being a human being, right? What I can, what I need to do is realize that I'm that I'm that I'm connected to the spiritual, and that is what's going to fuel my that 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 big T. That I want to be I want to be connected to the big T. I want to be thinking in the big the big T. I want to be thinking for the for the team, right? For the for what not just about me. What's right for me in my little world? I want to be thinking bigger than that, because that's where I get strength, inspiration, and direction, right? So it says on the bottom of 85, much has already been said about receiving strength, inspiration, and direction from him, meaning God, or the power of the universe, who is all knowledge and power, right? So if we've carefully followed these directions, we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit, so here's a very interesting thought that I had, and i don't I'm still thinking about it, like I'm just getting really curious about it. A lot of times we tell people, and I've ne- this has never sat right with me,
2: but like
1: <clears throat> we get really hung up on the twelfth step where it says having had a spiritual awakening as the result of the step, right? We try to carry the message and, and and practice the principles. But it's telling me here in step eleven, which comes right before that what I just said it says we've be to some extent we have become god conscious if we've carefully followed the directions we've begun to sense the flow of his spirit we've begun to develop this vital sixth sense but we have to go further meaning we have to keep pointing ourselves towards that and it gives us this ability this is the work this is really the action is just pointing myself in this direction. So it tells me to, like, realize, you know, or were we thinking? What was I thinking, right? It gives me, you know, was I resentful, selfish, dishonest, or afraid? That's all thinking. Was I thinking about me and what happened already and what you did to me and how that offends me or how what might happen? Or that if I just say this instead of that, this might happen, Right, it's asking what what was my thinking like, or was I kind and loving? Kind and loving is a byproduct of pure thinking, pure meaning, not in that own that personal thinking. Right, was I doing for others? Right, but I'm not going to drift into worry, remorse, or morbid reflection because that diminishes my usefulness. Why? Because because worry, remorse, and morbid reflection is more personal thinking. And then I just ask God, you know, what if I hurt anybody? You know, forgive me. And if there's something I need to do to make it better, help me do that. And then here's really powerful stuff, right? When I wake up in the morning, it says, before we begin, ask God to direct my thinking. God, help me to not, what's self-pity, dishonesty, or self-seeking? Self-seeking. It's all personal thinking. It's saying, God, I want you to direct my thinking. I want my thinking to be based, be based on your your thought, capital T. Let that flow through me. Under these conditions, we can employ our mental faculty, my brain, which is different than my mind. From my understanding, mind, I can't, I'm not going to get into that now. But that's a very different. My brain is my mental faculty. I can use that brain with much better effectiveness, if what I'm inputting, if I can think of my brain like a computer, these are just, again, my, I'm just using metaphors that I see, and, you know, maybe you'll see something of what I'm saying. Um, whatever I put in this computer is what's going to be spit out, right? Or if you think of the old-time movie reels, the movie projectors, whatever I roll on the film is what's going to come out. If we put Wizard of Oz on the film, on the reel, that's what's going to be on the screen. That's what I'm going to see. If we put, you know, Jaws on the, that's what we're going to see, right? If I put Frankenstein on the reel, that's what I'm going to see. So if I put love and, and understanding on the reel, that's what I'm going to see. If I put God on my real, that's what I'm going to see. I'm going to see God in everything. I'm going to see it in you. I'm going to see it in my kids. I'm going to see it in the nature. But if I put resentment and judgment and yesterday's hurt on my real, guess what I'm going to see? So it's asking, and then it says, in, here's, I've always loved this, our thought life will be placed on a much higher plane when our thinking is cleared of wrong motives. When I'm not thinking about me and my own personal thinking, and instead allow, point myself in a direction of he- healthier thinking, more well-being, I get more well-being. And if I don't know what to do, and thinking about our day we may face in decision, not sure what to do, I can just point myself back toward God for new ideas. So it says we ask God for inspiration and intuitive thought of our decision, and then what does it say? It doesn't say. And then we try to think what's coming in our brain, because then we, no, that would be more personal thinking. It says I relax and take it easy, and I don't struggle. And I'm often surprised, which I'm not anymore. Although sometimes I'm even like, oh my God, look at that, how it worked. The answers come after I've tried this for a while. Tried what? Tried to like, just to try to see my personal thinking for what it is. Right? What used to be the hunch or the occasional inspiration gradually becomes a working part of the mind. And sometimes I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do stupid things. because I'm Why? Because it seems like a good idea at the time. It tells us this. I'm not going to make, I'm not going to be inspired at all times. I'm not going to, I'm going to, okay, I'm going to make mistakes. But as I keep pointing myself towards this, as time passes, I'm going to be find I'm more and more in the plane of inspiration, and I rely on that. And this, I will tell you, is my experience. And um, this is my experience. And and I love at the bottom, you know. And I do, I do pray. I do have a. Um, honestly, I'll be honest with you. I don't do med. I, I did meditation for many, many years up until a very short time ago, where I would like do this meditation, and what I found for me is trying to be in the moment, I wasn't actually in the moment, right? In fact, here, try this one on. This is a new realization I had. Trying to be God-conscious, I'm not actually being God-conscious because I'm thinking about being God-conscious. So if I'm trying to be it, I'm not actually in that moment. So what's been happening for me is which is really, really cool, which I believe is really a result of this 11th step and pointing myself in this direction and, and understanding really what what's going on with... That really my thinking is just an illusion. It's just how I, I see the world at the moment, just for a mo- that moment. And the next moment a new thought's going to come in and that they pass is um, that... Um, my thought just fell out of my head, but I think I was talking about trying to be oh trying to be God conscious. I wasn't actually being God conscious. Oh, I know what to say. That my that my my praying has changed. Even I used to pray with like desperation. Please, God, help me to clean, sober, and abstinent. Blah, blah blah blah. You know, and I would, and now I'm I'm. Uh, it's much more. It just feels better, you know. It feels really good, and um, it feels really. Um, I feel this, this, I just have this feeling of, um, I guess that, that, those promises. So then it tells me, so I do do my daily prayers and meditate because I, I, I do that. Um, I don't really meditate so much because I was meditating. Um, it was like sitting, trying to be present. And I, what I've been finding is like thinking about being present. I'm actually not present because I'm thinking about it. So I'm, been experiencing more being in the present and that's been really cool. Um sometimes I do part of the meditation when I run. I have some things that I kind of let flow through my brain and um a Jewish meditation that I do. And I'll do that when I run or sometimes when I'm sitting, but I don't feel like I like tied to it. Um And then it says as we go through the day, we pause when agitated or doubtful and I'm going to close with this. We pause when agitated or doubtful and ask for the right thought or action. We constantly remind ourselves we're no longer running the show, humbly saying to ourselves many times each day, "I will be done." We're then in much less danger of excitement, fear, anger, worry, self-pity and foolish or foolish decisions. We become much more efficient. We don't tire so easily, for we're not burning up energy foolishly as we did when we were trying to arrange life to suit ourselves. It really works. Trying to arrange life to suit myself can also be trying to be really spiritual and trying to be really God-conscious and trying to be a really good OA member and trying to work with others, right? Like, like there's a lot of excitement in there, right? It's telling me to, the, that I'm in much less danger of that when I – it says, when agitated or doubtful – pause. What is agitation or doubtful? It's a feeling I get that's telling me that my thinking is probably not in a very good state and that I want to have a fresh new idea come in from the source of all thought. And so I do, what I do is I use that as a barometer to then point me back toward where I want my thoughts to be coming from. Oh, okay. I'm agitated or doubtful. It must be I'm in some kind of thought. I don't have to. I don't have to look at the thought. I don't have to tear it apart. I don't have to do a four step on it. It's that. That's unnecessary. All I have to do is point myself back, and that's what the, that's what the 11th step tells me. So, what's thinking got to do with it? <laughs> All of it. <laughs> and um, my choice gets to be: Do I want to point myself toward the little t? my personal thinking or do I want to point myself toward the big thinker, whatever whatever that whatever you may call that. Um anyway, that's that's all I, I have
5: to share today.
0: Thank you so much, Haya, for sharing your insights with us, your experience, strength and hope regarding the twelve step process this morning. We thank you for your time and your effort and all your service.
1: You're welcome. It's been
0: a pleasure. Hiya's, thank you. Hiya's uh, contact information will be offered at the conclusion of this recording. And now we're going to open up for question and answers. If you have a question for Hiya this morning, please press star one to unmute and identify yourself, please. Are 1 to unmute if you have any questions. Yes, this is Sherry from Massachusetts.
5: Hi, Sherry. Hold Hi, on it's second. Betty Ann. It's
0: Betty oh. Ann. Um, what's the second name, I'm sorry?
5: Uh, Betty Ann. Betty
0: Ann, okay. Anyone else? Sorry for the echo. Okay, let's go with Sherry, please, first. Hi, I'm Sherry from Massachusetts. I'm a
6: compulsive overeater and an alcoholic. And um it was great to hear Haya today about what does thinking have to do with it. Um you know, drives it home for me because um I have um I have gone through the process um with an AA sponsor Um, the big book step study process with an AA sponsor and I was picking up the food and putting it down, picking up, putting it down. So I've decided that I'm going to go through that process again. Um, I do have 28 years of sobriety and um, with alcohol and I've um, been struggling with the food throughout my whole um, existence of my sobriety and AA. Um, I have finally, um, and I feel it's one day at a time, realize that this food thing that I have is an allergy and I have an allergy to it just like I have an allergy to alcohol and drugs Um, but I never believed that before. Um, My question for Haya today is I am an active member in OA and AA and I always struggle with the meditation part. I have bought meditation tapes and meditation this and meditation that and Um, I sit in the morning with God and I say my prayers and I do some writing and gratitudes and pray for friends and pray for family members. And, and then, um, I just say, um, you know, be still and know that I am God. And, but, you know, I have people in my OA program that do this for a half hour and I'm like blown away because I can barely get four minutes in just to sit there and think of nothing. Um, uh, it's hard. It's, it's. I can't even think to get to 30 minutes. Um, but with my reading and writing and praying, I'm. I'm sitting, and doing these things um, for a half hour. But I'm not sitting and having a clear mind for a half hour. So, um, it was just kind of my question is,
4: uh,
6: what are, what? I just wanted you to maybe talk a little bit more, if you could, about the um, meditation piece that you were talking about at the end, because. Because I am where I am now with my abstinence, I'm in a really good place, um, and I am abstinent, I am so scared that if I don't sit there for a half hour that I'm going to lose my abstinence because that's one of the tools that I just can't get. I have phone calls. I have meetings. I do everything else, but I can't get that half hour or 30 minutes of, of just sitting there empty-headed. Um now, there's other times that I meet with God during the day when I go out running like you or I go out hiking or, you know, I do physical activity and in the morning and on my way home and in other times I have a, a conscious contact with God. Um, so, yeah, I just wanted to, that was my question. I'm, I'm afraid that will I lose my abstinence if I don't get that 30 minutes in. Thank you so much for the question.
1: Um, I think you answered it yourself, actually <laughs> in that <laughs> last piece um, you know any 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 um so my experience with telling people if you don't do this, you're gonna do that, you're gonna eat, you're gonna lose it, blah 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 um I have never found to be um helpful um mainly because I don't really know what's best for everybody. Um, I will. I can share with you a little bit of experience on meditation, but I was really touched and I would get, I would invite you to be curious about, you know, um, there was something, I don't know if everybody else on the line felt it, and I don't know if you felt it. Sherry, is it Sherry? Is that your name? Yes, Sherry. Sherry. Um, if you felt that that feeling, that shift, there was a shift in feeling when you described when you were hiking or walking, or that you know throughout the day where you feel that god consciousness, um it was like a feeling shift for me um, that's that's what we're that's what we're pointing ourselves towards so however it comes, you know whether it's sitting in the morning now, I will tell you I don't know any human being on the planet that has no thought come in their head for thirty minutes um unless God decides to put absolutely no thought in their head for 30 minutes. I can't try to not think for 30 minutes. Um, That would, again, be thinking. (laughs) So my experience of meditation, when I learned how to meditate originally 25 years ago or something, we were, you know, given a mantra to kind of pay attention to, which I don't use that mantra. It was a, I came to understand it was a form of idol worship, which I don't do. But I do use, I use a Jewish, some Jewish phrases um, that I'll let flow through my head. And what I learned and, what, and, and any form of formal meditation is going to tell you, you kind of point yourself toward that. And then when you notice that you're not there, you kind of point yourself back. It's like a GPS, you know. It's like a, uh, you know, I don't, I'm not a pilot, but what I understand from flying a plane is they have this course that, they're, that they go on and it's, it's just constant adjustments. And they notice, oh, they've gone a little bit off course, so then they get back on course. They notice they've gone a little bit off course, so they get back on course. So I think that's what meditation, it's just a pointing towards. It's, remember it said God could and what if he were sought? Um, and the other thing I would get curious about is, you know, how helpful is that fear, you know, I'll tell you, I was doing, and I know a lot of people that have been, I'm telling you, I, get, I, I said I was very conservative when I said I get a call once a week from somebody who's been, I don't know if I completed my sentence about that, maybe I lost my train of thought, but I get a call probably at least once a week, if not more, from people that have been in the program for years and years and years and are still struggling with either a facet of their abstinence or a facet of their thinking. And they've been doing everything that the book is telling them to do so it's not a doing that produces it. Remember, Bill Wilson had that spiritual experience like immediately. By the, I mean, whatever. It's a whole other discussion. But that. So, like somebody called me the other day and they were like, "Well, I want to do it again," you know. And I, they were describing, you know, I've done this and I've done this, but you know, like I'm not feeling it, so I got to do it again. And I was like, "Why would you want to do again something that like?" you've been doing over and over and isn't working it's like trying to like pick a scab expecting it to heal like why would you do that like maybe like let it be and point yourself in another direction so you know and the direction that the book is always asking us to point towards is god and it says we don't have a monopoly here you know this is just a, this is this is a, a, a this is pointing us toward um god consciousness god the 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 big you know, the bigger picture. So meditation, the book doesn't tell us to sit for 30 minutes in the morning. It doesn't say that anywhere, right? It's um, So somebody came up with this idea, and if somebody tells you, you know, if I'm going to sponsor, you have to sit for 30 minutes in the morning, okay, you can do that if you want. But that's not gonna, that that might have produced their spiritual experience or they may think that produced their spiritual experience or they may enjoy it or they may actually hate it, but they do it anyway, either because somebody told them they have to do it and they're so scared they're going to eat if they don't do it or whatever reason. So I would, you know, the the point is to be pointing back to our own wisdom that's connected to God. Um, so I would really get curious about um, about what that good feeling is that you get when you're when that when that comes over and I I get curious about that and I want more of that you know I want to be high on that stuff you know I want to be high on that I want a hit of that right so to speak you know from the I live in I live in Colorado so it's all about you know. I guess that's the word, a hit, you know, on we have legalized marijuana here, so that's a little joke. People make jokes with me all the time about it. That's why you moved to Colorado. But um but I get curious about that and then in terms of the thirty minutes of meditation, I mean, no one's sitting there thirty minutes with nothing dropping in their head. That's just not happening as long if they're a human. Um there there are moments, there are lo- there could be longer periods. I've experienced long periods where I didn't even realize I was Thinking so I wasn't in my personal thinking. I was in some kind of zone, but I didn't make myself get there. I just put myself in a position to maybe be there. So wherever it works, whatever works, whatever gets me that good feeling. Um, if you feel better, we you know when we and that's why we don't have to go back to the food because we feel better. If you feel better, you don't, you don't want to do that to yourself. So thank that's you. All, that's all I say about that.
0: Thank you very much, Sherry. Okay, Betty Ann, your turn.
5: Oh, okay. Thank you, Kaya. I tell you, you you said exactly what I needed to hear today. Um, I I I want to know. Maybe I'm asking too much, but. With the, I've been abstinent by the grace of God, like for four and a half years now. And by now, I have that second when so, when I'm really upset and I have a food thought, I have that second where I say, "What's going on? With what what how, what's the matter with with you?" But with emotional sobriety. When I feel triggered or hurt or vulnerable, I'm in mean, a good place. It's good, and I feel connected with God and all that. But when I'm not and I'm upset, and I'm triggered by my husband or a person or something. I need so- I need that second, which I don't think I have yet. Any advice on that? <laughs>
1: Well, I'm not gonna give you advice, um because um Right. I heard I once heard a joke where someone said Take my advice, I'm not using it anyway. Um, <laughs> but uh I I actually try to you know but I but, but I can try to I can try to tell you how I see it and what my experience has been and if it if you see something in that then, then terrific. Um, so I could really identify with that, um with you know, being triggered by whatever's going on around me and then trying to, you know, being like, okay, what's going on and why am I bothered by this? And, uh, and I have to be honest with you that that never really helped me very much. Sometimes maybe it made a little bit, it allowed me to get a little bit of perspective. What's been much more helpful for me um, was understanding the nature of thought as opposed to the content of my thought. And so what I started to understand with the nature of thought is that thought comes in, and that, it comes from God, too. Everything's coming from that source, because before my thought, what is there? <laughs> Where does that come from, right? So good, bad, or ugly, it comes in, and I feel it through my senses. I am every, at every moment, we are feeling our thinking, right? That's We're experiencing the feeling of our thinking. And it comes through me and then it passes through and, and then I'm on the next one. And so instead of trying to examine why I'm feeling this way and what could be fueling it and blah, 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 that wasn't really doing it for me. It was actually actually pointing myself more towards the, the not feeling good piece because I was like, I was really relishing in it in some way, even with a good motive. What, what's been more helpful is understanding, oh, okay, so my thinking probably isn't so on right now. Um, how do I know that? Because if I'm anxious or angry or resentful, then, something's go, so, then my thinking is just off. See, the other piece that I understood that I've, that I've come to understand is it's never the outside circumstance, ever, ever. It is always my experience from the inside. Because, well, how do I know this? Because then you said it, but it was like when I'm good, it can just kind of, it just goes. That's no big deal, right? That's why, you know, why, why is it that like one morning I can wake up and look at my husband and be like, oh, why is he like still in bed or you know oh you know and then I go downstairs and I see my children and I'm like oh my god I cannot wait till they're 18 and they're out of the house well actually they're 18 and they're still in the house some of them, right like I cannot like when am I gonna have my freedom and then I go to my job which you know and I'm like oh my god like what who thought who hired these people you know and then I and then something you know my day I come home maybe I get a better night's sleep or a good night's sleep and And then I wake up the next morning, and I roll over, and I see my husband, and I'm like, oh, I'm the luckiest woman in the world. Oh, my gosh, how did I find such an amazing guy? And I go down to my... Here's them helping them with getting ready for school, and I'm like, oh, my God, the years are going to go by so fast, and they're going to be out of the house, you know? And then I go to work, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is the best job. I work with the most amazing people. Why? How is that possible? That, like, the same circumstances, but yet I'm experiencing so differently. So it's not the outside circumstances. It's inside. That's what the book is trying to – that's what the, 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 the steps try to show us. We look at it from a completely different angle. We see it had nothing to do with what was going on outside. It was my inside. So – When I started to understand, not the content, the content wasn't so important, that it was more the nature of my thought. Like, okay, so I'm not in a great space at this moment, but you know what? If I, I like, keep thinking about not being in a great space and then start calling everybody, you know, I'm really not in a great space. I'm. uh, Guess what? I'm just filling myself up with more of that, which does not make any room for new thought and God to come in. So that's really helped me. And it 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 was life changing for me. And um, maybe maybe you'll see something in that.
0: Thank you, Betty Ann, for your question. Anyone else with a question this morning?
3: This is
2: Janice B. I have a question.
0: Judith B. Is that what I
2: heard? Janice. Janice, Janice okay. And anyone else?
0: Star 1 to unmute. Deborah R.
3: Deborah R. Anyone else? Last chance. AJ? Who's this? AJ? AJ.
0: Okay, AJ. Anyone else?
3: Sarah
7: W.
0: Sarah W. Thank you, Oops. all right you got in there
2: okay janice b let's start with you okay thank you leah and thank you Haya, for your great share this morning i i can relate to so much of it one of the things that i i heard you talk about was the nightly review and i struggle with doing the nightly review i find i'm sitting there and i'm I, I forget what I, you know, what I've done during the day, and I like rack my brain. Where was I resentful? Where was I selfish? And um, and it's like, uh, you know, it's focusing on on the negative things, and and I do that a lot. Um, so. Um, I know what you focus on grows and I, I believe that and um so how do you do your nightly review? And that's my question. Thank you.
1: Thank you for the question. Um well what comes to mind to me is um you know, if it's not helpful, um you know, why do I keep doing something that's not helpful? Um, or it could be that it is helpful. I just don't see the benefit necessarily. Um, I don't do, I used to do, be very vigilant. In fact, I would email it, email my nightly review. and and um, But I was finding that it was like the same thing every night on the nightly review. <laughs> um, I would answer the questions out of the book. I think it's a good place to start. You know that's what it's giving us the the night you know the, the the stuff they're giving us in the big book is just um, you know ideas about what you might want to do, um, but what's much more helpful to me I, I just don't go to bed with a whole lot on my mind today as a result of this understanding that I have so um, and when I do um I usually will not want to go tearing that apart um it's just become it's just become so so I, I I don't really do a nightly review a formal nightly review it wasn't it wasn't helping me in any way um it was it just wasn't helping me it was it wasn't it wasn't giving me more well, well-being I'm not saying that it wouldn't, that, that everybody's like that. For sure, that's not the case. Every individual needs to find what speaks to them. Um, it's a little scary for me when I hear people in program, I'm not saying you're like this, but I'm saying when I hear, it just comes to mind, this thought to say this, when I hear people in program for so many years who are still, you know, following the dictates of their sponsor, Um It's just, I don't think that there wasn't even the word sponsor when these guys were getting sober, right? It was just helping people point them back to their own inner wisdom, that source, that they're, you know, that connection. Obviously, we need each other and we can bounce things off each other. And sometimes I may, you know, turn to someone and say, can you, you know, like I want to, I need to having trouble with this and, you know, whether it's. A sponsor, or you know you know i i mean i my professional life is is in this realm and 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 I seek it out myself when I need it, but um, I just don't think there's a hard and fast way that's been my experience, so um, I would say pay attention and get curious about what is working as opposed to trying to force something that's not that's, Thank that's you. what I have to say on that. Thank you, Janice. Deborah R, your question, please.
3: Good morning, vision for you,
1: Um, fellows. This is Deborah R from Michigan and Hyatt. Thank you very much for your um, share this morning. I've already written my notes in my book about your thinking. I that um, to me really hit home. And my question for you is. I am well aware that um, many things trigger me. It's more my judgment of myself and others. And wondered if you wrestled with that character defect and if you found any um, tips or tricks or inspiration on how to turn that around faster and to truly hand it over to step seven because I still find myself being critical not only of me, but others. And thank you again for your, share today, for your share today. Oh, thank you. Okay, so I'm not. I'm. I just want to make sure I understand the question. So when when you find yourself being critical or judgmental of others, what what are some of the things I do to help me um, flip that around? Get out of, is
8: that the question? Turn it around.
1: Yeah, I'm I, I yeah. used to yeah. trying to get turnarounds during the day of being, you know, yeah. Yeah. tolerant, loving, accepting. Yeah. I wanted to up my so, and out. I could I could I could speak to that for a minute. Um, I might have already spoken to it a little bit earlier. So, um, what I've what I really what's been really helpful to me, and again, it kind of has to do with what I said before. And like, I don't have a whole lot of ideas. It's really like the same simple ones <laughs> that have that seem to work for me. So I'm probably going to be saying the same thing, maybe just in a different way um when i notice when i'm being judgmental um what i what the most the best thing that's been helpful to me better than trying to again look at the content of why or what is it about, you know and, and 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 pulling it apart what's been really helpful to me is just un- just knowing from the get go that that is just contaminated thought. It's just not true and it's my own personal thought in the moment and it's coming out, it's expressing itself as judgment. And any any if its expression is judgment, then it's not a it's not a well-being thought. And to understand that my thinking is is really not even like real. Like it's it's how do I know it's not real? Because like an example I gave before about, you know, one day I can wake up and my husband is like the most amazing thing in the world that I'm so grateful for. And the next day I can wake up and be like, what was I thinking when I married him? You know what I mean? Like, so what is it? It's not, it's not the content. It's, it's the state I'm in at that moment. So what I've really gotten a lot of, help with is, and this is why I think the book says to us, you know, why is it so helpful to go work with another alcoholic when all else fails? Because when I'm in my own personal thinking and I can't seem to, you know, and I recognize, ooh, I'm I'm in a lot of judgment today, you know, usually if I'm in a lot of judgment, I say to my kids, kids, not, like, do you think I'm a good person to talk to right now? Like, not a good person right now. You know, like, if I'm just in that place where I'm not able to just get out of it and I can't really, for some reason, um, I'm still in that personal thought. It's still coming in, and even though I'm just letting it flow through me, it's still kind of affecting me in that moment. I just lean in, as opposed to um, trying to fight it, fight it, fight it. I just kind of lean in and go, "Okay, this is where I am," and then I kind of warn everyone around me, "I'm not in such a great thinking state." And so, um, and I'll I'll try to go to my room and take some quiet time or read or go do something that kind of or go help somebody with something else and it and and until that feeling passes until that thinking passes my think my thoughts and my feelings are exactly the same thing they're one and the same Um, my feelings are just the expression of my my physical visceral expression of my thinking so Understanding that has made such a huge difference for me i can 't always get myself to be not judgmental, but what I can know is when i 'm being judgmental i 'm just not in a plane of inspiration at the moment, and that 's exactly god 's will at that moment too i can 't think myself out of it and um, because you know and i I will just point myself towards what I know is true, and just understanding this somehow works on me and helps me kind of make it until the next moment where that lifts. And I didn't do that. Um, I think it just, it it's it's natural. If you pay, if you actually survey your day, you'll find that there's many, there's we've got a gazillion things coming through and some we pay attention to and some we don't and some we feel and, you know, and, and there's plenty of time during the day where we're in that really good place. It's not all bad. And I want to point towards that. So I don't know if that helped, but that was...
0: That was Thank the, you. That's Thank the best you. way I could explain
1: Thank it. Thank you, Deborah
0: R. AJ, please, your question. Hi. Hi, Ashley. This is AJ. Um,
8: I am struggling big time with Step 10. Um, I find if I call somebody, you know, I write it out on paper and then I call somebody, I always feel, it seems like I feel worse afterwards than better. So I really identify with what you were saying, I, if I call somebody and just get my mind off what's bothering me then I feel better. But then I think am I just hiding what what was the issue? I just um I'm curious about your like, do you do a lot of formal step tens? I think you kind of address that that you don't. And um the other thing I struggle with is, you know, waking up in the morning, just always depressed. You know, when I was Eating, I'd be depressed, but then I'd diet and I'd feel great. So I always had these feelings in the morning. Now I just wake up, just, you know, since I've been absent for a while, just on an even keel, but it's not a happy feeling. I, I want to wake up happy. Just curious what, what you experienced with that. Mm-hmm. So good to hear your voice, AJ. Um, so,
1: yeah. So I, um again, I wouldn't keep picking a scab and, and expecting it to heal Um, so if, you know, I'd really just get curious about that. I I think that sometimes people get, you know, my, my experience is I was, oh my God, maybe I'm in denial and blah, 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 blah. It's like, you know what? Like, I'm just, I just don't go there. Um, I think what get what's supposed to be revealed gets revealed. Um, and so if it's helpful for me to talk to someone about it, I talk it through, um, but what again, what's been most helpful for me is um understanding the nature of it as opposed to the content so much. I find that um things that need to be talked about will get talked about. And um uh what's been most helpful to me is not looking back but looking looking forward and and being in the in the in the now and not even trying to be in the now but that allows me to be in the now um as far as waking up happy so i have two things to say about that um one is um i've gone through depression and and one of the things i know is that i had a whole lot of thought about about that, and and once I, when I don't put so much, but like if I wake up like in a low mood, um, not putting a whole lot of judgment on that, and just knowing that it's that that putting judgment on the mood is just going to make the mood worse. It's kind of like making a phone call about how bad you feel, and which makes you feel worse. Perhaps
4: somebody else might feel better
1: if they make a phone call, right? But um, so i get just get curious about what all the thinking you might have around, you know, not waking up and
0: happy. What
1: does that mean? What does happy mean, you know? Um, And the other piece is um, some people benefit, myself included, um, from medication if there is some kind of chemical imbalance going on. And sometimes it's hereditary and sometimes it's temporary and sometimes it's, you know, um but that's um you know sometimes it's necessary and to to help um to help access that thinking that better thinking um because if the chemicals are off, everything everything is connected. Our bodies and everything, it's all connected. So if I'm in, I'm in a, a big habit of thought that keeps me down, keeps me down, keeps me down, that's going to affect all the chemicals in my body. And um, if that's where I'm at, then sometimes in order to then kind of get bounced back from that state, you know, I might need some alterations in that. So there's there's professionals that that help us in that realm and um since the 12-step program has no opinion on outside issues um it is an outside issue so it's not for someone to tell you you should or you shouldn't that's really for your own what's right for you so i would
0: that's what i would say thanks aj for the question sarah w please your turn with a question
7: Thank you so much, Leah, for your service. Uh, Good morning, Kaya. Thank you for your beautiful, inspirational share. Uh, Sarah W., Grateful recovery, Control for a Reader. Um, You know, in guiding and helping others, and I've heard you so many times on the line, you're so nurturing and loving as far as newcomers and that. Um, I wanted to just talk about sometimes when we get somebody that's new or that's coming back, you know, the huge amount of emotional pain that people are going through in their lives, whether it be from... um, Exogenous circumstances, outside issues, or from within, and so when you start to talk to them, they're very, you know, in deep pain about maybe some very real things. And you know, if we're really assisting people, and our purpose is to, you know, uh, be of service to God and others, I'm wondering how you, um, you know, keep keep the focus on helping them through the steps, and at the same time allow them to be heard. And um, yeah, I don't know exactly how to word the question, but I think you're probably getting my gist.
1: Yeah, um, I think so. Thank you for the question. Um, so, I'll just say one thing, and that is, in my experience, it's 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 all coming from within. None of it's the outside. They may have people go through circumstances. People have had things happen in their life, traumatic things and what have you. But whatever happened, and they, they were very real at the time, whatever they're experiencing today is is thinking about it from within. It's not happening now, you know. Even if they're in currently in, an, let's say, an abusive situation, at that moment that we're talking about, it, it's not happening. So that's what the book is trying to point us towards. It's trying to point us towards, you know, um being able to be present and and um that's a whole other conversation and and not something that I really do as a sponsor <laughs> that's a whole professional thing you know people need to you know that's just a whole other story um but you know, but everybody's experience feels real feels really 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 real, and so just being with people in that space um is and take and, and wherever they're at. You know, I'm just a big believer in taking people where they're at. That's why, you know, I don't, you know, um you know, someone once told me, well I won't sponsor a good friend of mine actually said I won't sponsor anybody who drinks coffee. And I said, why wouldn't you sponsor anybody who drinks coffee? And this is her experience, and it's totally fine for her. I'm not she just said, Well it's a drug and you know I, I want people to be totally off all their drugs. And my feeling was like, you know, when those alcoholics got sober, all they did was stop drinking, you know. Um, Like, you know, to me that would be like having oral surgery without any anesthesia, you know, Like, like people come to their own. When people start to feel better, they do better. So things have been peeled away over the years so I don't know if, I, I, I'm not sure why I brought that up but it's kind of like taking people where they're at you know for some people for me when I first started in OA just eating three meals a day was a novel concept just three meals
3: was novel to me to have a meal
1: was novel to me I just grazed all day so so if somebody would, you know like so there's just you got to take people where they're at sometimes people aren't ready for certain things so it's really it's listening. That's what the, working with others asks us to do. It asks us to listen and it asks us to 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 make a friend, to take people where they're at and if they're not look if they don't want if they don't want what I have. Meaning what I have to offer. You can't have what I have because it's my experience. I can't give you what I have. I can only give you my I can only share with you what I see and Point you toward that so that you can see something. That's that's what I do is uh, that's what I do. And I do that with my kids, and I do that with my husband, and I do that with my coworkers, and with the people I coach. I try to help, try to point them toward that.
0: So I hope that answered the question. Thank you, Sarah W. And our last question for the morning will come from Francis. Your turn, Francis.
3: Good
4: morning, Haya. Good morning, Lydia. Thank you so much for your share. I came on the line late and I will re-listen to the recorded version. But what I heard from you was so inspiring that, you know, for me, for today, for now, I need to keep it simple. So, you know, I'm going to ask you to offer me or anyone else on the line, um, my question is, do you have single words that bring you back to your centeredness when you feel you're going astray? For instance, you know, mine, I heard you say, be still. You know, another one is pause. Another one is help God. You know, so there can be many things, because I can pick up a hammer and beat myself over the head when something's going wrong. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, more important That's really helpful, anything, isn't it?
5: <laughs> yeah, really. That's <laughs> real helpful. <laughs>
4: you know, you know I, a long time ago in therapy, I had a group facilitator say, just be on yourself. Incorrect thought process. Yeah.
1: So <laughs> I never, forgot, I never that. forgot that. You know, well, I, that's it. Oh, I think I, my my pleasure. So, um, I heard a a great thing in a book I read, which said, you know, if I'm just paraphrasing at the moment, like if you find yourself in judgment, anger, anxiety. Don't take yourself so seriously, and, and actually, in the twelve and twelve, it says that you know, don't take yourself so seriously. So that's that's been really helpful is understanding again that it's not it's not reality. A, a colleague of mine said he he was he was he was coaching a client, and he and he was saying you know. To so explaining like this kind of these kind of ideas, and and the guy said, "You mean you mean to tell me that like pretty much everything I've been thinking is like a mirage?" And the my colleague goes, "Yeah,
4: pretty much,
1: you know." And he goes, "But it's so real." It looks so real, and he goes, yeah, it's a real mirage, <laughs> you know, like it looks so real that everybody was hurting me. It looked so real that 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 my husband was was being you know um you know he was holding me back from something. it looked so real that my child was was um was was trying to manipulate me, you know, yeah, it looked really really real, it was a real mirage. my experience was one hundred percent coming from inside me, and um and my barometer of whether or not to take myself seriously or not is the kind of feelings I'm feeling. It's kind of like I have I, – and we'll, we'll close with this. I mean, I'm not in a rush, but but I know at some point we need to end. You know, the joke in my house is um, that my smoke alarm is my cooking timer, okay? <laughs> Like, but in the house, we're in a new house now that we just moved. It like the smoke alarm is like really loud, and it it's like hard to turn it off, you know. So I've been it's and and when I, I one day I just had this this metaphor, and I realized my feelings are smoke. So what happens when the smoke alarm goes off? It's telling me I'm burning something, right? It's telling me the flame's too high. This is not good, right? If if I'm if my cooking temperature is good if there's well-being going on in the oven, the smoke alarm doesn't go off, okay? If there's something burning in the oven, the smoke alarm goes off. If, God forbid, there's a fire in my house, a real fire, that's what it's really for, okay? So what I realized is that my feelings are like the smoke alarm for me. It's an indicator. And what, if it, what happens if there's a fire? Get out of the house. Don't stay there and like, and, like, you know, bask in it and roll around in it and, and look towards it. Get out of the house. If my fish is burning or the vegetables are burning or whatever it is that I'm burning at the moment – Turn down the oven, turn it off, open the window, right, and fan the thing, get it off. It's, it's showing me something's wrong. Don't, 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 you know. So my feelings now, um, you, I see, are just a barometer. That's why it says pause when agitated or doubtful. It's saying don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take your thinking so seriously when you're agitated or doubtful, because it's not true. It's not going to lead you where you really want to go, which is towards well being. So. Not taking myself seriously has been really helpful. And guess what? I don't burn anything anymore because I, I, I really want the smoke detector to be there when it really, for, for something real, first of all, which is what, what, why we have those feelings. You know, there is a healthy fear. If I'm walking, if I'm taking my kid to a sleepover and that opens the door and I get a creepy feeling from a man who, who's, you know, the father of the house, that's an indicator for me you know what sorry but we're not going to be staying we need that but i need but i but i need it to be available to me to really let me know what's going on so most of the time it's just just don't take yourself so seriously and that allows me to take seriously when it is really when it is real when it's coming from wisdom as opposed to coming from thinking so not taking myself seriously has been really happy. Laughing and going, oh, they're on a judgmental thought. Ooh, look at that flowing through me. Woo, you know, if I'm ex- if I'm on if I'm on um, a, a you know if I was in a car a, on a boat or in a plane and and it's going bump bumping 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 right where the boat is like going up and down and up and down that could be very scary. But if I'm on the cyclone in Coney Island if it still exists and I get on that roller coaster, I know it's going to go up and down, and it's thrilling. Life can be really thrilling, and that's what the book tells us, right? We're, life is thrilling. Life is a full contact sport. I want to feel all of it. I'm going to feel the downs, and I'm going to feel the ups, and guess what? They're going to go up and down and move through me. That is what being a human being is. I don't have to attach myself to something that already happened. If I'm, I'm on the new going up, I don't have to be thinking about the last two I just came down on, right? It's like this new is a new thing and there'll be ups and downs and I can let it all flow through me without fear because the next thing is gonna come next. And if I'm if I'm present to you know, if I'm if I'm clear I don't know, I, I feel like I'm saying more than I need to. That that's all I need. That's all. I feel like now I'm talking from my own thinking and I don't I don't
0: want to do that. <laughs> Thank you so much, Chaya, for your insights this morning and for examples of your experience and speaking about the transformation that you uh, have experienced as a result of the program of recovery. We thank you. Thanks to everybody who asked questions this morning, and we will close now from the page 164 in our big book. Can I say one one more thing? I just want to say one thing. Of
1: course. And that is somewhat... Sorry to interrupt you. Somebody said, I think the last speaker said, you know, you inspired me. And I just want to say that I don't inspire. Inspire comes from within. So it was all you. If you heard something, it was you. You have that in you. It wasn't that I did something and that it came from me. It might have been triggered by something you heard that I said, but if you did not have that capacity in you, you wouldn't have been able to hear it or see it. So I just want to give the, the give it back to all of you. Um, not about me being a great speaker and blah blah blah. It's about you being you being able to see it. And um, if you saw something, I'm, I'm so happy that you did. And if you didn't, just keep pointing yourself toward, toward that well being, and
0: and you will eventually. Thanks. Thank you, Haya.